We are home when we're together I am home when I'm with you That's a feeling that you just can't fake When you know the truth I'm so glad you found this podcast. It's called Hearing as in Being Here Now. Yes, that was me singing. I'm a singer-songwriter, and you can find my music everywhere digitally, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you can find digital music, you'll find me. You can also find my music on amyloftus.com. And on amyloftus.com is a tab called Portal. So under portal, just click on that and you'll find lots of information on this podcast and another one that I did called Something Better. There are free downloads, there are videos, book recommendations, information on my coaching practice. There's lots to find there. So just go to amyloftus.com forward slash portal. I love hearing from you and I write back. My email is amy at amyloftus.com. I'm also on Telegram under Amy Loftus Projects. And I'm on Instagram at I am Amy Loftus. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it. This is a grassroots passion project and your help means the world. Thank you for listening and hearing with me. Yes. Awesome. Hi, Chris. Hey there. I am so sorry for wasting 15 minutes of your time. I have no idea what that just was. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it says so much about people when I've, I've interviewed people before where I was like so scared of them. If there was a technical difficulty, it's like, it happens. You meet, you find out who someone is when they're untangling Christmas lights, you know? Yeah. totally. Say. Thank you for being here for the listeners. Sure. Welcome to hearing. And I'm here with the host of be reasonable, the popular podcast that I love that got me through 2021. Um, you can find him everywhere at, at I'm your moderator. He's Chris Paul. Welcome. Thanks. Hi. Thank you. Are you from? <laughs> Are we live? By the way, we're we're live. We're recording. Right, right, right. No, I know that, but is it being broadcast? Is what I was asking. No, we're not oh, okay. live in that way. Not. I haven't right, gotten right. there yet. I'm figuring all this out out on my own. I'm. I haven't gotten there either, so it's all good. Okay, good. I'm definitely learning on the job. Um, okay, so I I wanted to talk to you. So this is my mission right now. Robert Malone mm-hmm. had talked about the the um, mass hypnosis, the thirty percent that's completely um, brainwashed, and then the forty percent in the middle that's persuadable to listening to themselves and telling themselves the truth and seeking a deeper, you know, seeking the truth. And then there's mm-hmm. a 30% like you and me that have been calling this out and struggling and feeling it all in between. And so I put myself in the shoes of the 40% persuadable. And I think like it to, to wake up and find things out, I think it would really be helpful to go back and listen like, well, where was I at the time that I considered getting this thing or what was mm-hmm. I doing or who's been talking about this or how did this evolve? And I had shared your podcast from September 28th. So the homework for the listener is you've got to listen to this episode. Um, September 28th, last year or 2020? Last year, September 28th, okay. 2021. And cool. um, the reason I shared it with so many people is because the first 25 minutes are an 
absolute crystalline explanation of the influencer culture that ab- that mm. really set this, uh, you know, in play. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm actually like, I've had this like day cause I've literally, I, we just served the superintendent of schools here where I live in Culver city. We were out in front. Um, there's a 10 year old girl who wanted to go to school without a mask on today. She's amazing. And we're calling their bluff on the fact that they're waiting on, um, they're waiting on funds. If they lift the ma- mandate in any way, it opens them to renegotiation of state funds. And they don't want to do that. They want their they're pending funds. So they just want everything to keep going the way it is. So it's about money. It's totally about money. And we're yeah, so calling their money. bluff. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, schools and school boards have been getting paid off for all of this the entire time. So, yep, they're running the whole thing. But here's the thing is they're running the whole thing and then they're running it alongside parents that are really allowing it. And how are those parents tolerating all of this? Your podcast on the 28th of September, 2021, the first 25 minutes explains it. <laughs> and when well, you- I, did I do that intentionally or is just that was that just luck? Well, you're just, you're, you, you like unpacked it and and it was so satisfying Uh for me. And this is the most important thing that you said. Well, there's three things. One's really funny because, Hey, I'm six. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, was I talking about child brains or something? Yeah. Cause I'm six. So that's just funny. (laughs) But the other thing is that you talked about, you know, when you, when you play with a kid and you have a tea set and you're like, I'm glad you found that episode. I've been looking for what episode that was for a while. So you've it's, nailed it for me. It's that yeah, one. The tea, par- the tea Party episode. The Tea yeah. Party. It's September yeah, yeah, yeah. 28th, 2021. So it's, hey, I'm t- sipping my tea. If you don't right. pretend that you're sipping your tea with me, then there's no tea. Right. So please pretend with me. And then yeah. the third if, thing is. If everybody isn't imagining at the same time, then it doesn't work. Yep. And the third thing is you so clearly made people understand or I, you will when they hear it and, and have whoever has already heard it. When you said that these stars and influencers and all that stuff, it's just a brand. So I know it's yeah. a pipeline. I know it's life-changing policy, but it's, a, it's my brand. Right. You know, right. That is what we're in right now. And, and now that we probably have influencer websites and Instagram feeds getting scrubbed of pushing something that, you know, is making people collapse. We had a kid collapse sure. during a lacrosse game sure. on Saturday night. He's in, in, in the ICU right now. I mean, it's like, I, all I can, all I can do is just, is just tell people to go back to this. And, and I did take a bunch of notes. So, cause I want you to elaborate in this podcast, but, um, uh, and, it, and like, listen to the, this actually unpacks how we got, how we got here. And I'm such a huge fan of you, of yours. Like, I know I'm such a <laughs> germer. <laughs> we call it germing in Nashville. I've been like, Oh, I don't know right? what that is. I can't believe that you don't have like millions of followers. You have nailed well, this day one. They, they censored me on Twitter and Instagram, I got banned off those platforms. So it made it an awful lot harder to, you know, kind of expose my show to new people and expose the thinking to new people. So you just deal with it as you do, you know, it's not a big deal. I don't really play the game of trying to self-promote. So 
I know, just I have to pass to it to one another and hopefully that'll work out. Yeah. Will you tell me a little bit about your background? Cause I know that you've seen the side of Hollywood that, that that's why you were speaking with such um, authority in that episode, because yeah. you you've seen how these people function. Right. Well, I spent, I spent 18 and a half years in Hollywood and for 15 plus of those years, I was involved in um, promoting and running nightclubs and restaurants and bars. I did celebrity outreach for corporate events. My entire life was in that Hollywood culture in like the top level of that Hollywood scene. And that was my, I, I, I hesitate to call it a career because it's not really a career. It's not something that you can do forever. I basically always thought of it the same way I thought of it when I was waiting tables out there. You know, it's just a job. You go to work, you get paid, you come home and you focus on other things. Some people out there make it their entire lives. You know, everything, every meal is at a restaurant with other people. There's always another party. And, you know, I had access to all that and I did it at certain points, but that was never really my real interest. And I kind of just fell into that job and just used it to make money and focus on other things. But yeah, I was in, I was very deeply in that Hollywood scene in the celebrity culture for 15 years. So I think people don't understand that like there are stars that get like a $10,000 check for coming to a party for 15 minutes, right? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. And there's certainly people that get paid quite a bit more than that. You know, most of the stuff that you see on Instagram from celebrity clients, prominent celebrities, especially, but even smaller celebrities, they basically will pay your rate is a factor of how many followers you have. That's how it was initially. And then they began to focus on other factors like engagement and, and other stuff, you know, and then they have obviously other considerations, but yeah, people could get $50,000 for a post. No problem. People could get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to show up at a certain event or go on a certain vacation. It's just what it is. They're advertising a lifestyle and they're getting paid for it. And that stuff becomes a bigger problem because in throughout 2020, and this was widely reported, people can go look it up. If you go do some digging on a group called Defeat Disinfo, that was run by General Stanley McChrystal, who was employing essentially DARPA technology to influence cultures. It was what they used in the Middle East to influence, you know, anti-terrorism efforts out there. And it is about finding influencers and then pushing out messages constantly and making sure that those messages are effective and they go to the right people. And with the, the big tech complicity, you know, working as state actors as they do to censor people and big tech worked as a state actor to censor me. And that's proven actually in FOIA documents. It's not like I'm just making that up. But uh, that is what they do. And the people who are in Hollywood pushing those messages out about masks and vaccines and things like Black Lives Matter or voting in drop boxes. I don't know if you remember, but Jennifer Aniston and a bunch of influencers were posting in the lead up to the 2020 election. They were posting selfies of themselves dropping their ballot in the Mark Zuckerberg drop boxes. And those are those are paid campaigns. Those people are not just like very proud of themselves. They get paid to go down to the drop box and put their ballot in there so that other people will believe that the ballot drop boxes are totally legitimate, totally safe, and just there to help people 
because they can't get to their own mailbox during COVID. They can't get to their own mailbox, so they need this Dropbox that's farther away. So there are people in this world who are prepared to accept things that stupid, but I'm not one of them. Yeah, me neither. And I, I want to emphasize for anybody that doesn't think about this stuff that like a person like that is like a big, huge company. That is like a big, huge yeah. company, one star. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and these forces are seeing the influence of that. So it's, it's entirely possible that many people were the result of the check that a star could get from big pharma. And then that was, you know, the result of that was the, the choice to go do this. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you also gotta you gotta understand that like the checks aren't coming direct like that. You know, there are state initiatives, and in the COVID relief packages, they actually set aside government money for outreach campaigns and marketing campaigns about COVID strategies. You know, they imagine that all of these are just public service announcements, and that people are just automatically doing a public good. But the truth is, what they're doing is they're taxing normal citizens and then paying influencers to propagandize those taxpayers. We are paying to be propagandized. And this is just yeah. one of many reasons why being on legacy social media is a bad, bad idea. The other reason, which is important, I think for th people to think about is that those really are demoralization machines. Okay. Instagram is a demoralization machine. It is supposed to make you feel all of the lacks in your life and then be envious of people who have more glamorous lifestyles and try to emulate them. And it is ultimately just materialistic consumerism that they're after. But the problem is when that stuff translates into, um, you know, social causes or politics, because it all works along the same lines. It's activating the same thing in people's brains. They think about it the same way. They want to be like these people, right? Yeah. We are in a society now where people are hopeless to some extent that they might ever be able to achieve the things that they want in life. The easiest way to achieve those things seems to be becoming famous for something. And then at that point, everything's going to be okay. And that's honestly why people move to Hollywood in the first place. And hey, I went out there to because I wanted to keep playing in bands. Like I had a full scholarship to go to law school that I was about to start when I moved to California. And I decided that that wasn't, that three more years of school wasn't gonna be the right thing for me. So I went out there and I started waiting tables, you know, and I fell into different parts of life out there. And it turned out that a lot of the friends I'd made in those first few years became significantly famous. So that opened different doors to everybody, but that is the process. That's what people go there for. You know, it's it's just an entirely different mindset than our parents' generation grew up with, which is you go and you find a job and you work hard and you save your money and you raise a family and you try to give your kids something better than you had when you started out. That's not how Hollywood is at all. And to say one more thing about the branding, I've been talking about this for years, but, you know, when everybody kind of decided that they were their own individual personal brands. And that mindset meets the mindset where they think if they can just get famous enough, everything's gonna be okay. When you have something like Instagram where those two things can come together, then you, are, you have essentially turned a person into a developing brand. 
And the way that they try to develop their brands is not through the honesty or goodness of their character. They will very rarely show you anything about what their life is actually like. Even their relationships and breakups are specifically framed to create an image for them on social media. So what they end up doing is they'll go down on Rodeo Drive and they'll take selfies in front of the YSL store, you know, and there are, in fact, guys who will buy girls in Hollywood shoes and purses and cars and apartments and all of that. They'll pay for their entire lives. And it doesn't actually matter how many guys it is. They'll always find more. But what they're doing is portraying a life that they could not possibly achieve on their own. And they are associating themselves with brands. And we can understand that when it's a consumer brand like YSL or like Nike or whatever. But they're also branding themselves with their belief systems. These people in Hollywood did not ever believe that posting black squares on Instagram after George Floyd had a fentanyl overdose and died under that man's knee. They did not think that that was actually going to solve racism or that they were showing their two black friends they care. You know, I had conversations with my black friends and I was like, hey, I'm not posting that square. Like, I hope you're okay with that. Like, you know that I love you and this has absolutely nothing to do with that. But everything about this BLM stuff and this George Floyd stuff, something's kind of off about it. And I'm not going to participate in this, but they do participate in it because it's part of their personal brand. They're mad at cops because they think it's good for their brand to be mad at cops. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. And to me, I'm just like, where'd the money go? Where, where is the money going to improve lives? Like if they're like, that's a lot of money. That's great. Where is it going? And so that's where for BLM? They, they lost me. Yeah. I went to, Oh, I mean, I mean well, BLM's just a, uh, a money laundering scheme for the Democrat party. Yeah. I mean, BLM donations went through act blue and the people in Hollywood acted like that was some sort of conspiracy theory. Like it couldn't be true because they didn't want it to be true. It was unfortunate for their narrative. Therefore it's not true. And the fact that you're saying it is racist. Right. Right. That, that, that's the yeah. first thing. Well, I mean, and, and I'm undergoing, so I'm experiencing all this, the, the movement of this on the local level in with my city council and with the school board mm -hmm. that I've been fighting them on all this stuff since it began. And so what what the reason I know what you're describing is true and you're like uh, unpacking or what's that that fancy word that everyone uses a uh, reverse engineering all of it it's mm. like it's really it's true because I it's kept me sane what you're explaining because <laughs> nothing else would explain it like in terms of how the city council is functioning and everything yeah. and the other part of this episode that you were at, all of your pr predictions were accurate um is everything that you said about OSHA and the, the federal mandate. So that has all oh. since been revealed. I mean, you might find it. I don't, I don't remember what I said. I know, Did I say might, it was you, just obviously illegal? It was obvious and it was obvious yeah. to me too. So yeah, yeah, I know, but, but you really did nail it. And it explains in, in combination with what you had said at the beginning of the episode, it explains that OSHA floated on what you were describing in terms sure. of the influencer um, branding thing. They, they knew they were gonna float on that. I mean, the connection between Hollywood and, and politics is so substantial at this point and was for this movement of, 
you know, the, the jab and all that stuff. Well, I mean, Hollywood is just a, a state media propaganda mouthpiece. That's all it is. And you can look at the quote unquote art that they produce. I mean, most of the movies are terrible. Most of the music is terrible. It exists to advertise a certain lifestyle, a certain agenda, and a desirable future for the most powerful institutions in the world. And that, of course, is who is producing all this stuff. I mean, everybody knows about the Chinese, the Chinese uh, moneyed influence in Hollywood, in the production of Hollywood movies. But the social agenda encompasses all of it. As it relates to this, though, to this movement of trying to get people and children, uh -huh. th now this is where it's gotten where it, it literally has become a, a life or death situation. And sure. it is the life and longevity of little kids. And it has been delivered now effectively that mentality, especially on this where I am in, in California. It, it's been so effectively delivered like to our school board that yeah. it's, it's well, really scary. You got to understand a few things, I think. And the first is that the pressures on the people in school boards are not what they might seem. You know, they're not there to serve parents or children. They're there to serve a more national school board agenda. And we saw that when they asked the Justice Department to call parents domestic terrorists so that parents would stop showing up at school board meetings. That happened. That was the National Association of School Boards that did that, or the National School Boards Association, I think it is, NSBA. Um, so they have, they have control on that level. They have the financial control that comes from the COVID packages. The thing is, they want everybody to comply with their orders, no matter what. And the orders are not based on science. Everybody can understand that certainly by now, but they really are serving a higher project. And what I talk about a lot is the party of false decorum. And in short, what that means is that there is a subset of American culture, which I used to be a part of. And I think a lot of people used to be a part of if you've awakened over the last few years. You've, you've probably come in tune with this on some level, but there was an idea that the way that you succeed in life is by stratifying society into the people who are better than you and who are not better than you. And all of those people who are better than you are people you see as the sorts of people who you can climb a social ladder through, right? If you are able to impress them or do the things they want you to do, then you will be rewarded with social capital that will allow you to climb that social ladder. And once you've done that for a certain amount of time, you understand that that game ends as soon as you defy the party, because the party can either stop promoting you altogether, or they have so much influence on your peers that exist on your rung that if they associate with you, then the party can punish them too. And then everybody loses their social standing, which is kind of like, like some sort of social death in culture as it exists now. And so that's what the real problem is. These people's peers, regardless of whether or not they actually believe all this stuff, like that masks work. I mean, masks don't work. No. And if masks did work, then why haven't they? Because they haven't worked anywhere. And of course they would say that because not enough people wore them. 
But there's no proof ever in science that these masks can prevent the spread of an airborne viral disease. So that you can just wipe right off the menu. And most of them have some awareness of that. You know, they'll say they believe it and they will justify and rationalize a bunch of reasons that would indicate they actually believe it. But at some point they will end that conversation and admit that they don't know or that they don't really believe it, but they think that it's good. And that's when they get to the point where Andrew Cuomo used to get, where he would say that you need to do it out of respect, you know, which is utterly insane. Like if like for me to respect you, I have to wear the mask. Well, what part of that indicates that you respect me? You know, it's only we have to respect authority because it's authority. And in the party of false decorum, that calculation actually does make sense because that is how they get ahead in the first place is by respecting all instance of instances of authority and trying to please the please those authorities. Yeah. So. And that's um, ex- that explains the sickly feeling that I've had when I realized how there are so few of us. And the other day on the, the porch of this school, there was only one woman who actually has a kid in the school. So mm. there are all these moms fighting and mm. like we none of them even a lot of them had already pulled their kids out. Well, I mean, because the majority it- is literally they are so obedient and what they don't know, they, they're actually obedient to the state. This the, I mean, the, this school sure. this morning that I was in, it felt like a penitentiary. It was absolutely mm-hmm. scary. And they put this 10 year old in a in a locked area, um, but they don't. Know, so they're bowing to them, but they don't know it because they're so busy bowing to each other for us for social approval that mm-hmm. they can't even actually see. And, and the truth is so foreign to them, which I was validating the fear. And if you don't want your kid to be in a school unmasked, I totally validate your fear, but that is a child that belongs at school on Zoom, which is we now know is possible. They can't handle the flip of that, <clears throat> which is how it should have been all along. If somebody doesn't want to wear a mask, if they don't want to, if they're too right. uncomfortable, that's what the computer school is for. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a cultural conditioning. That's what they did. And on a lot of people, it was successful. I mean, I wouldn't get, uh, uh, don't allow your geographical location to influence what you believe the actual majority is because the majority is not those people. Well, that's I mean, the, the majority thing. there might be, but that's not, that's not representative of the country at this point. That is, pre- so I'm so glad you said that because that is precisely what I, why I wanted to interview you because- <laughs> It's it we it is so dense here and it is working here um, that so many and and yet we're the influencer area of the nation right sure. but I tell our kids that every day I'm like this is a complete minority this is a complete theater we're almost like in a little bubble we're in like a circus you know thing that like feels like it's outside or something <laughs> and it's about to burst that's yes, what we're is. working on yeah yeah absolutely it is. Yeah, this is not going to last that much longer. But again, the problem is that uh, a lot of these people are already conditioned to that. They actually think that an unmasked face is in some way dangerous to them. And of course, you know, these are the same people that went to the Super Bowl the other day without masks on. I mean, ultimately, they're all liars. They're not scared of anything. They're just mad that you have not submitted to their authority yet because they believe that they are higher up on the ladder than you are. Okay, they are listening to their authorities 
you are not listening to their authorities. And they believe that because they are listening to their authorities, they must be on a higher rung than you. You're too stupid not to understand how important those authorities are. That actually makes them your authority and it gives them power over you and your children. Right. So they think. Yeah. So I'm, I've, um, oh, really quick. I, I also want to say just for the listeners, the, the venue of the Super Bowl is not waiting on funds from the state. That's the difference. Like today when the superintendent's like, well, we're not liable to the same things that the Super Bowl venue, what, they're not liable where we are. And it's like liability. No, you're waiting. Well, they're on also funds. just, it's not, it's not a liability thing because it's not, it would never be possible to prove in a court of law that uh, someone was made unsafe by a child without a mask on. That's not possible. to no, prove. The, so it's not a liability thing. They want the money. Exactly. They're, right. the, he uses the word every time they say we're liable. That's, and, that's why I'm making the distinction. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because that that's the word that they use to justify waiting on funds, which the Super Bowl venue is not waiting on funds. It's just that simple. Well, I mean, even at the bottom, regardless, he's, telling you that the money that they're waiting on from the state justifies child abuse because that's what it is. It's child abuse. It is. It is. So I hope I don't regret asking you this question, but what do you think is going to happen here in California? What do I think is going to happen in California? Well, I think it's going to get continually worse until some point after the nation accepts that the 2020 election was stolen. That's what's going to happen. And do you because think that will be accepted seeing, here? Well, it's going to have to be accepted everywhere. It's just true. You know what I mean? Like reality is coming to the surface everywhere, always. That is what all of this is about. People are waking up. They are choosing reality over what the party of false decorum demands of them. That's all it is. People get to a breaking point in their lives where the situations that are advancing in reality, finally end up touching them personally in a way they can no longer tolerate. And it's important to understand that people who have not had that moment yet have not been touched in a way that they are unwilling to tolerate. Okay. Most of these, and by the way, we are dealing with two concurrent crises on a scale of which this country has never seen, yeah. right? The reaction, the reaction to the COVID thing which you know has been a false narrative from the beginning and the reaction has been anti-scientific and absolutely terrible it's been devastating to economies and to people and we could go on and on about that but that's one of them and the usurpation of the presidency of the united states is the other one i mean we have it out now that hillary clinton's campaign was paying people and other operatives to literally spy on the presidential campaign of Donald Trump, the transition of Donald Trump and the presidency of Donald Trump. They did that with full knowledge of Barack Obama and Joe Biden and the complicity of the FBI and our intelligence communities. That's just a fact. Okay. And it's been a fact the entire time. And many people have talked about it for the entire time. Now more people are choosing to listen, but it still is just a fact. So we have those two events going on at the same time. And these people have not yet had the incentive to notice. So that indicates a level of privilege that most people cannot even understand. And at some point, these people are going to have to reckon with that. But ultimately, what's going to happen in California is it's going to continue to go the way that Canada is going right now. 
in any other country besides Canada, we would note that the news about a country's supposed leader seizing all government authorities and powers for himself would be the ascent of a communist dictatorship. That is what we are seeing in Canada. And it's time people actually speak simple truth about this. And that's essentially what the people of California live under with Gavin Newsom and in LA specifically with Eric Garcetti. California has no less than 5 million voters on their voter registry that are not active legal voters. And they do full mail out ballots. They now allow you to print your ballot at home. Okay, California has more election fraud than any other state in the country, and it is nowhere close to the representative population we are told it is. All right. The minority of awake people or Republicans or MAGA or whatever is not nearly as small as people imagine it to be. So California is already a fully captured communist state and people Mm -hmm. need to understand that. And so at the point at which people understand that their elections actually are not in any way legitimate and the people representing them right down to the local level also are not legitimate, then that's when all of this stuff can go away. But until that point, there's no way California is getting better. Like, yeah, you might be able to get masks off kids in a school a year and a half after the child abuse began and after all the other states have already done it. And I mean, listen, power to the parents that are trying to make that happen. I hope it does happen. But that is a very, very small reward for a very, very serious crime against humanity. I know. What do you say, because I'm in the soup of this insane consciousness that I Mm -hmm. don't participate in, I know Mm -hmm. what people would say to you. Like, so what do you say to the people that would be like, well, good. I mean, even if Joe Biden is just a puppet and Obama is still running things behind the scenes, which I know you say on your podcast all the time, which I think Mm -hmm something like that has to be happening because Joe Biden well, probably can't even decide on what he wants to eat to din- for dinner. So what well, do you Obama's a manager. People? What, what? Obama's basically like a mid-level manager though. Right. He's also and, serving higher powers. Yeah. And so what would you say to the people who would be, who would be like, well, great. At least it's not Trump then, then, then great. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have a lot of time for those people. So <laughs> I, I, I really don't. I really don't, I don't care either. about <laughs> I don't care about answering those people. I mean, those people are dyed in the wool communists and they can't think their way out of a box. And the, the thing is, you cannot have a conversation with them because they don't know anything. All right. They just simply repeat the slogans. They repeat all the things that have been said to them. They think that all of these very quippy little slogans are actually like really powerful slams that are fully supported by the facts. And they're just not. I talked to a guy like this uh, a few weeks ago at someone's birthday party. And I tried even breaking down the simplest element of the election. And he had no clue what I was talking about. I was like, so Joe Biden got 81 million votes, right? Like that's what we're told. And Trump got 74, 75 million. That's what we're told. I was like, what did they get in 2016? Like what did Trump get in 2016? We're told he got 63 million votes and that Hillary Clinton got about 66 million votes. And he had no idea about any of that and started asking me about the Electoral College. Of course, he thought the Electoral College doesn't make sense because that's what the TV says, too. But he didn't know any of those things. And so you can't even get to a first level conversation about what the facts might be. And the facts are there's no way in the world that Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes from his basement. He just didn't. And Kamala Harris the Democrats didn't even want her in the primary. 
I mean, Joe Biden got himself through the same way Hillary Clinton got herself through in South Carolina. And they tell everybody that's because we got 98% of the black vote. Oh, yes, Joe Biden, the man who was mentored by a Klansman in politics, legitimately mentored by a Klansman, Robert Byrd. People can look it up. And they'll say, oh, well, he disavowed his Klan status. Did he? Have you read what he said about it? He didn't really disavow it. He said that it was a bad look for someone that wants to go into politics. It wouldn't help help you if you wanted to go into politics. They filibustered the Civil Rights Act. And Lyndon B. Johnson came into office saying that we're going to have those N-words voting Democrat for 200 years. And of course, that's how they have proceeded for the last 60 years. And also, that's what they're trying to do now. When you think about whose votes they're stealing by the million, the justification always is, oh, the black people voted for us. That's always what they say. I think it's the most racist and insulting thing I've ever heard. But Joe Biden really is that person. He just is. And so when you go back to the election and you think about the fact that even according to the corporate news, Donald Trump got 75 million votes, right? So that's 12 million more votes than he got in 2016. That is a 20% increase for the man that we are also told the country is so sick of and hates so much that they turned out in droves for Joe Biden, 81 million votes. Well, it turns out many millions of those votes were in fact illegal and there just is proof of that too. Anybody could read the Arizona audit report for themselves if they want, will not find that Joe Biden won by more votes than we all thought. That is what they say just doesn't turn out to be true. And that's not what the audit showed. That was a hand count that didn't even bother separating questionable or fraudulent votes. Just a hand count. In Pennsylvania, they already overturned Act 77, which makes all of the mail-out ballots unconstitutional. That's 2.6 million ballots in Pennsylvania that are unconstitutional and were unconstitutional in 2020. In Wisconsin, they already overruled the indefinitely confined status that was claimed by at least 150,000 extra people so that they could avoid the voter ID requirements in Wisconsin. And they also said that the drop boxes were unconstitutional. And so that's another million votes in Wisconsin. Anybody who thinks that Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes is among the stupidest people on earth. You know, and you do have to have a certain level of privilege to have not even engaged the conversation about whether or not what I'm saying is correct. And of course, they can't engage the conversation. They say the judges decided one way. Chris Krebs said it was the safest and most secure election of all time. Bill Barr said he hadn't seen evidence that would overturn the election. And that's it. And that's it. And people hate Donald Trump. They hate John. I was just going to say, and they have an illness, which literally is an illness. And it's called orange mad bad or whatever. You know, I mean, it's such an illness. Trump derangement syndrome. Trump derangement syndrome. And that that right. it, at least it's not that. And that whole thing, which I occupied that space. I got really sick and I asked God mm-hmm. to help me forgive Trump because I felt so, so much pain on a daily basis. I knew it wasn't helping me and I knew I needed yeah. to get better. And well, the whole, it changed my whole entire life. And I used to think like this. I had no facts. I was all yeah. emotion. Yeah. I mean, well, well, that's what that's what happens when you are when you have become completely separated from reality 
by a decades long psychological operation designed to do exactly that. And that's what our media is. Okay. What they show on television is not what's happening in the world. And it almost never is. They want to border on what's happening in the real world just enough so that you'll believe it. But everything else is a total and complete fabrication. Completely. And what did you think of the, if you watched it, the Super Bowl had a, an intro where they, they went, they interspersed major motion pictures and actual Super Bowl games. And my husband was like, this is so insulting to athletes that are in reality training. It was like, I, I didn't, I didn't see it, but the entire Super Bowl presentation was essentially an advertisement for the metaverse. They are trying to blur the lines between reality and a synthetic reality right now. Yeah, they want a godless society of transhumans. Um, but this was just like, this was such a close line between, um, well, it's all just kind of, you know, the make-believe is the real. That was the mm -hmm. message that I felt they were trying to get to. And Well, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine and they said that they were just honoring Hollywood's participation in the sport of football, you know, and it's always very clever. Like that's why people go along with this stuff though. You know what I mean? You could actually have the idea as just a normal person who is in Hollywood. And this is one of the, the really, really strange things to, to wrestle with is that that idea for a Super Bowl presentation can be entirely innocent. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Hollywood's made a bunch of movies about professional football and mixing that in with real football in a clever way could be highly entertaining and in some way honoring Hollywood's contribution to making the NFL great. Fine. That's the innocent explanation in the execution and in the consumption of that, it becomes something else. And it's important to understand both things. You know, we can't just write them all off as evil. I'm not saying to do that, but it is, there's clearly another agenda there involved. And if it's not them, if people are doing it unwittingly in some way, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It, it, it's about discerning the energy of mockery because it, that's what it ends up becoming because the, the exploited innocent ideas that are exploited, it becomes this like mockery, this, this turn into, um, you know, but, and that's how, that's how it's turned into, but this is good for you, but we're keeping you mm. safe. All yeah. that stuff to me, it's this like right. concept of taking what is innocent, true, and good, talking people. It's abuse. It's an abusive construct. It's talking people out of their well, instincts. Yeah. Well, yes, and now we have a cultural Stockholm syndrome where those people actually have come to love their abusers. And again, as a person that was out there involved with this stuff for a very long time, and you know, from what you've said about yourself, I can understand that mindset. I totally get it. You know, you think that you are on the route to success in some way by continuing down that path. And it, it becomes very difficult at a certain point in life to understand that, that you have walked too far down the wrong road, you know, and that, you know, how like if you're driving around trying to find your friend's house and you're a little lost, you're like, well, I'm going down this road. I'm just going to uh, I know it's back there but I'm going to go down here. I'm going to take a right. If I can take another right, I think it's going to take me right back there. And I'll probably be, I'll probably be good at that point. That's not really how it works. You know, you really just have to walk back that same road all the way back to the beginning and then figure out what the right path is. And that's a really hard process that a lot of people don't want to involve themselves in. 
I know that is exactly it's just, it's, it. You it's too much guilt and too much shame. And your ego has to be destroyed for that to happen. And people don't want to go through that. Nope. Nope. And, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, it, it's just, uh, it's so hard to, I was a rigorously honest person to begin with. I was like I willing to, be. to pardon. I try. I said, you tried to be, I tried to be too. Yes. It just turns out most of the stuff I thought I knew was wrong. Yes. Um, but I, but apart from even what, you know, that, that inner, that ability to be humble, to humble yourself, to be rigorously honest, rigorously honest, to be like, this is what I saw. This is what I used to do all that stuff mm -hmm. that has become something that is so that people are so afraid of that the fear of that is so much greater that than than living authentically from your heart right that that's what has built this hypnosis in the in the hypnotized this well think about think about how things used to be right like you would know you would know your family and some other communities around your small town right maybe you were maybe you were the mayor and you knew a few thousand people now everybody is just on instagram all day imagining that they know thousands and thousands of people and for some of these people in hollywood that i used to be friends with we're talking about millions and millions of people who are watching everything that they say and do, or at least their perception of what these people are saying and doing. These people right now know that they have been broadcasting a certain thing to millions of people for years now. You know, these are people who have attacked genuinely good and decent people who also happened to be right. And there's no way they're going to come back from that. You know, there's not one celebrity so far that has made the journey that most Americans have made at this point. Most Americans who were uh, asleep about this stuff before COVID, they're not going to make that journey. Okay. These people are going to be understood historically the same way that the useful idiots in Nazi Germany were understood. They made the propaganda films. Those were real actors in those films. Those people might not have been famous in the United States, but they were certainly prominent in Germany. And these people are no different than those people. And everybody is going to know it, including them. And that's when their brains are going to break because they're not going to, they're not going to do the work. They're not going to apologize and humble themselves because First of all, they don't have it in the core of their being to do that. I know these people. And second of all, it means that everything that they have done is gone, you know, and that's how they think of it. The crazy thing is, and I don't know why more Hollywood actors have not started doing this yet. My friends, the friends I have remaining from that community, I have told them again and again and again, come out, take the slings and arrows and be brave and start speaking the truth in front of these people in public. Because at least then people will know that you tried. Yes. You know, I have friends I've said that, that, to are, school board that are members. on my, what's that? I've said that to school board members. I'm like, school board members, school board members don't care because they don't care about your opinion. You know what I mean? And they also don't believe that what you're saying is actually going to be true. They are committed to the power structure. All right. It's going to have to be, it has to be people going out and doing it in public. It's not saying it one-to-one. -one. Yes. You can try to make one person change their mind and they will, or they won't, but it is a good financial move and a good forward looking move in these people's careers for them to come out and take a stand because the amount of 
people in this country who will come and get their backs is enormous. I mean, Gina Carano is going to make herself a star just based on the fact that she's brave. I mean, I'm not saying she's not good. She's good and she's a nice person, but she's also brave enough to not lie. Yeah. And that's going to pay off for her for her in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't, the, the context of Hollywood stars is totally different than a school board, but I've, sure. I, what the concept of separate yourself now, I mean, if any, like, because to me, this stuff is coming down the pike. Like I said to them today, they're going to come for you when, when everything collapses and they're all running for mm-hmm. the Hills, they're going to come for people like you. And I'm actually doing you the favor of saying, get out now, step down now. Don't you think it's a similar concept of su- suggesting that someone in the public eye come forward and separate themselves from the movement this is? Well, no, I mean, not, not exactly just because those people actually do have a legitimate um, financial and marketing and brand reason to go be the first person who actually stood up and said, all of this is wrong. There's actually a financial and career benefit for these people by doing that. When you say that they're going to come for these people, the interesting thing about that is that that doesn't happen until much, much later. And these people think that they're going to avoid that. They have basically placed a bet. The people that are going to come for these people are the citizens and communities who begin filing lawsuits against them. And that is ultimately what people need to be doing. They need to take these people to court. And they don't, and no one should be settling for anything right now. Do not settle in court. Make judges make decisions. If they make the wrong decision, appeal the decision and keep going up the chain. People do not have the patience to do that. And they think that the process is too long and it won't work. There is no other way to make these people change. You can put popular pressure on them and maybe they'll take the mask away. But again, that is a, that is very small token in the broader scope of what this thing really is. It's gone on too long. You know, they are abusing children. They should be held liable for that and not just in the court of public opinion. They are committing crimes against humanity and they should be held liable for those. Now, I also have to say there is a school board project to put people into school boards, and that's how those people got there. It's the same election apparatus that selects your congressmen and your senators and the president, okay? They care about those elections too. The George Soroses of the world, the people who actually run and design these systems of theft and influence, They do focus on school boards, too, because they do want the kids to grow up to be compliant little communists. Yep. And these people in the school school board are just going to keep serving the state. So they don't believe that it's ever going to come for them. It only comes for them once they stop serving the state. So go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just I'm letting it in because it's true. And I mean, like we just had an appointment um, of our superintendent right before this whole thing started. And the first thing that he did before he was even in office was mandate. He, we were the first district in the nation to mandate the shot for kids. So to, I mean. That's a crime against humanity and, and talking about him and trying to convince him with the facts or talking about money. It seems, it seems useless to me, bring him a lawsuit. You know what I mean? There's no way that any of them can justify anything they're doing based on the science. It is always this authority told me to do it. And most of the time it's 
the CDC or they're following some mandate. They are doing what they are told, period. Yeah. And Gavin Newsom's the same way. Mm-hmm. Gavin Newsom is more powerful than the school board member, but he's not powerful enough to make his own decisions. And if you're not powerful enough to make your own decisions, why are you in office? So do you think this is going to happen like everywhere but California? Do you think that we'll be stuck in in um, the communist state that we're in while the rest of the country starts restoring to sanity? Uh, well, I mean, yes, obviously, because that's obviously what's happening, right? So there's that answer, first of all. There are plenty of communist enclaves around the country that are taking just as long as California. But on a statewide basis, California is going to be among the last. I mean, it's going to be like this for as long as it takes for the people to rise up and do something about it. You know, they manipulated the recall election and then used that as popular justification for putting in more mandates and policies. And that recall election was an absolute sham. Uh, I know. Wow. And they justified the, so they, hard to they hear. justify the election theft. They justify the election theft with how easy they make it for people to vote. And then they drum up numbers that are th- completely impossible in a recall election. And they just put them out there and they say, well, you know, if anybody says anything, we're going to call them a conspiracy theorist. And hey, we got a lot of docile communists in this state who are just happy about the weather and they're not going to do anything. This is how societies deteriorate and people allow it to happen. Oh my gosh, it's so true. Um, all right. Before, before we go, I want to hear about like what, what you want to pitch. Sorry, I, I live here. I'm just like, because I agree with you completely. And it, it's, mm-hmm. it just scares the crap out of me. Like it scares me so much what's yes, going on here. It's frightening. And and to be in that school today- It is a crumbling communist hellhole that is only advertised as this ritzy, glamorous place to the rest of the world. If you live there, you know what it's like. It's Hotel California. Uh, Yeah. Um, It is. What were you going to say? Pitch something? I'm not pitching anything. Well, no, I was just going to say like, uh, you know, on my mission for people to, because I think you're really epic at curating. Because and and you have a new you have the nuance of like I couldn't hear everybody in the beginning of becoming awake to what are the facts you know what about, are the facts and you're that's about what been, what I said about what no no I'm saying in general in general when I was I would be searching for the facts and I would I couldn't listen to I couldn't hear everybody but I could hear you oh, so cool. I kind well, of feel. Great. I feel like I'm a litmus test for people that might be attracted to hearing me that I want to send to you (laughs) because I think you curate information. You you're sharing information and you're, I want to send everybody to your telegram um, in a way that um, I, I think could help this 40% persuadable. Yeah. I mean, I think it can help too. And that's why I do it. Obviously. I, I mean, when I am doing that, I have, what I believe to be an overall understanding of what I think is happening in the world right now. And I'm going to be wrong at times, you know what I mean? Because it honestly is far too broad and far too complicated to everyone for every, for anyone, I should say to know every bit of it. And I understand that. And 
I feel like I say that enough that people understand I'm humble about what I don't know because I found out that I didn't know a bunch of things before, right? So I try to be careful about what I'm saying and what I will allow myself to believe, but I also want to remain open to all possibilities. The possibilities I will ignore and deny are ones that I can see are obviously false, like that masks work or that you need a vaccine for a disease that can only kill one out of a thousand people. And almost every one of them is over 70 years old with an average of four comorbidities. You don't need a vaccine for that. And then you get into the thing where the data has been skewed the entire time. The labs and the hospitals that are doing the testing and doing the care are getting paid extra to find more COVID cases so that more COVID cases can be broadcast so that people can be more scared and more compliant. And you do that and you find out what the hospital protocols are. You put people on remdesivir, they have renal failure and they go on a ventilator and then they are allowed to die because they refuse hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and other therapeutics. All of that is denied. We have a protocol that we know kills people. And so what really are the COVID deaths? The COVID deaths by and large are medical malpractice in a concerted effort that doesn't care about human life. And it sucks to say that about the medical industry, but that is where we are right now. And doctors who used to be caring people operating in good faith have decided that they have personal priorities that outweigh the Hippocratic Oath. They don't want to lose their job. The researchers don't want to lose their funding from Anthony Fauci. And Anthony Fauci funds the majority of scientific research in the country at these universities. Yeah. Of course, they're going to say that Anthony Fauci is right, because if they say he's wrong, they lose their research grants. And every one of them wants to be the same powerful dork that Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates are. They believe that their ideas are about to save all of humanity for all time. And that everyone will know that all of these moral sacrifices that they made in order to get their work to this point, it was all worth it because they saved humanity from the sun. Yeah, it's madness. It's madness. But it is a, it, it is a cultural mental disease that has been pushed onto us by decades of programming. And it is what it is. I know. Um, and I, I think you're, I just, I, I think your podcast is like, it reminds me of like an old school. Sometimes I feel like I'm in another time, like tuning the radio, like the, the radio's on and like the garage. Yeah. yeah. The, the, just your tone, the clarity. I mean, I, I just urge anyone that's listening to this, um, to check out Chris's work. And that Thank just you. made me think of something. Oh, I wanted to share with you. This is from the horse's mouth of a physician. I don't know if you know this, but mm. The insurance companies pay out what they term a bonus at the end of the year. So when you charge it for insurance, um, that you're then waiting on a bonus, which is really actually your earned money that you, because you, you know, petitioned something to, or sent something to the insurance company, they send money back. It's all a big game. That bonus comes as long as you have a certain amount of vaccinations and prescriptions. Do you know that? There you go. Yeah, uh, I've definitely known that there are quotas. I didn't know that those things fit together in that way. That's actually so you don't get back the money that you yourself as a physician earned unless you have a certain amount of um, vaccinations and prescriptions. It's just so yeah, it really. It really surprises you that they wanted to nationalize medical care under Obama. Right. <laughs> 
I mean, that's how we got here, right? And, oh, it's it's such a moral shame that we deprive people of medical care. Well, we're not depriving people of medical care. That hasn't happened. All of it, it just turns out that all of it is a lie. And, and that's just what it is. I mean, Obamacare yeah. is not good. And now we can see why it's not good. Not that any of these people are going to actually look it up or ever admit that. But that's how these systems get in place. Yeah. And when you have centralized control over industries like that, then the problem becomes even on the local and personal level, people no longer have the power to do what's right. And that is how you destroy an entire culture and an, and an entire society. Mm -hmm. You know, 20, 30 years ago, Venezuela was an oil rich nation. And now people are eating their dogs. And you want to know how something like that happens in the span of a few decades. Well, this is it. You disempower people from the inside out. It's so true. Well, yeah. And, and yeah. And you also demoralize them. You yeah. make, you make them believe that the only way that their lives can get better is by full compliance all the time. And you take away their hope of a better future. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what they do. And it's what they enforce throughout all of their cultural initiatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's terrible. But the way to solve all of that is just by people waking up. And, you know, just to kind of cap off what I was saying before, these people are going to have a point of, and I don't mean to make it sound biblical, although it is in a sense, they're going to have a point of revelation. They will understand that they are not in the majority at all. And it turns out that they're in a very small and very evil minority. And everybody else besides them is going to know it. And they're going to have to exist in that. And in some way, they will be experiencing a living hell until they try to do what we were talking about before. But this is the way it just is going to go. You know, there's not, yeah. there's not any hiding it anymore. Everybody knows about the censorship. The censorship isn't working. You know, Justin Trudeau is seizing all of the government's power for himself right now that is happening in a country that we think is almost exactly like our country. Yep. I got quarantine camps in Australia. Like where do people think this is going? The time for calling people like me crazy is long since passed. Thank you for saying that. That is the best. It's true. That is true. And um, by the way, do you know that they denied the emergency act that Trudeau, Oh, sorry. Trudeau tried to enact. Well, there are, I've heard that five, that premieres in five of the provinces have done that. Oh, it's perfect. I haven't. It's not, it's, it's each province will. I mean, the situation's developing, so there might just be something I haven't seen yet. Yeah, there as was. As far as I know, it's, it's, it's premieres of five provinces. Okay. So and I hope I'm not saying any of that Canadian stuff the wrong way. No, I, I could find this if you want me to, but someone just yeah, sent me right, be right before, and I'll tell you who it was. Um, Uh, dang, I can't find it now. I don't sweat it, it. There's, there's a denial process to the emergency, um, order that he wanted to, it, it has to fit. It has to take a few boxes for him to be able to have that kind of control. Well, I think that they were, I think that they were saying that that was the, what was supposed to happen with that, that he has to that there have to be certain requirements to be able to enact that. But as we've seen in California, especially in around the world, they don't care about that. No. They just don't care. 
No, you know what I mean? Don't. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Ultimately, it comes down to whether or not he decides to try to employ the military in his cause and whether or not the military goes along with it. I mean, that's ultimately how these things get decided in a historical sense. Right. And his dad, Fidel Castro, experienced this and the military sided with Castro. And by the way, I know that there are people who are listening to your show who are going to be like, Justin Trudeau's dad is not Fidel Castro. It's look Pierre at the Trudeau. pictures. Yeah, look at the pictures. And also read about the history of Justin Trudeau's actual mother and watch videos of things Justin Trudeau's actual mother has said. And at that point, if you do not believe that Justin Trudeau is Fidel Castro's son, I would suggest you turn off the television forever because that is the only reason you don't believe it. Like, think about any other time in our history. Everybody would look, everybody would be like, oh yeah, Justin Trudeau's mom actually really liked Fidel Castro and used to call him really sexy and powerful. And she was always with him. And there are pictures of Fidel Castro holding Justin Trudeau's brother. But oh yeah, sure, it's Pierre Trudeau who had... Justin Trudeau when he was 66 years old, even though he had no kids prior. Yeah, that, that's definitely his dad. Sure thing, Tommy. Cool. Well, you know, there's another thing to this that I think exposure uh, to Hollywood ex grants us. Um, and that is that these small, there, there's, there's like the idea of someone being groomed to be a leader and a small mm -hmm. elite group and small elite families that only hang out with each other and only hang out mm -hmm. with people that are like them. When you actually ex experience that or see that, and I mean, I saw that because I was like a yoga teacher or a caterer or whatever, but it, whatever the exposure, you it to me, it makes perfect sense. And there's so many things like, and it, of course it always looks effortless. It's just, oh, this guy heard my demo tape and this just happened. Nothing well, is effortless about Hollywood. And also yeah. in these elite circles that produce leaders, nothing is effortless there either. So I think that, People have such a hard time thinking that he could, that he's Castro's son. And I think he is too. You just look at the pictures, look at the picture of his mother. Um, but it's like, you guys, you, you don't know how these close, these enclosed societies, these tiny factions of society function. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah. It's not hard to understand at all. And that's what elite colleges are generally for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it's just nepotism and it goes exactly how you would expect it to go. You know, those colleges filter people into certain companies and they keep the culture of those companies alive and they're all self-serving. They're all interconnected. You, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's just a web of how reality functions. You know, people meet people and they form relationships and then they do things for one another. You know, it just is how it is. And a lot of people marry into elite families as long as those families have checked the the, the partners out enough. Yeah. You know, it's it just is, it's always been how things have happened. It is, I don't know why people deny that there's an existence to it or that there is any uh, intent. That's That's the part that people really can't get over is that, people actually do intend for things to go this way and yeah. these ways, but they do, they yeah. do. And they will gladly tell you about it. You can watch Klaus Schwab. You can watch George Soros. They just say what they want to do. And I would encourage your listeners to check out uh, George Soros's book. 
or not George Soros's book, Klaus Schwab's book, COVID-19, The Great Reset. The Great Reset isn't a conspiracy theory. It is a book that the man who runs the World Economic Forum wrote. And Justin Trudeau and Christia Friedland, who are the ones executing the plan in Canada right now, are both members of the World Economic Forum, young global leaders. This is just a real thing. It just is. Yep. We don't need to prove it. You can just look. Just it's not a conspiracy theory. Out. Yeah. Um, are you the one that said if, if, if this was 2003, that, that war after 9-11 would never have happened? I don't know if I'm the one who said that in the instance you're thinking of. I certainly could have said that, and I certainly would say it now. Yes. I mean, you can see, and I don't, I don't know what your time constraints are, but. Uh, it's up to you. Totally. I'm happy to I'll, I'll answer this and then we can wrap it up. Um, so, you know, we have this Ukraine and Russia thing right now. And yesterday they tried to make it sound like Russia was going to invade tomorrow, Wednesday. And then they tried to reshape a statement by the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, where he said Russia was going to invade on the 16th. And he was joking. He was making fun of the narrative about the Ukraine-Russia crisis that doesn't really exist, according to both presidents, right? Both of them are saying that's not real. The Biden administration has been trying to claim that there would be some sort of false flag. Russia was going to film a false flag video that would give them the impetus to go to war in Ukraine. They're suggesting that someone else is going to make a false flag video when they can certainly do it on their own and show it to Western media, which is obviously exactly what they intended to do. When Russia doesn't attack tomorrow, they just pulled troops out and away from the border today. When Russia doesn't attack tomorrow, what would all of that have been? Joe Biden's going to claim credit for it, of course, but there are just instance after instance that uh, of things that the media is trying to do. We can see them trying to create events. The same thing like as January 6th. They tried to make January 6th something it absolutely wasn't, and they still hold on to that because they want it to be able to do something else, right? I was talking about the Reichstag fire today on the podcast. That event allowed Hitler to seize more power. Justin Trudeau is calling the trucker thing the January 6th of Canada. Why? Well, you can see now that he wanted to seize more power. And that is what they use these events for. They are showing us things that aren't real so that they can do the things that they want to do throughout the world. And we see that these events just aren't real. So yeah, at around 9-11, I could imagine what this research community would be putting out on a wide scale. And yeah, I could imagine 9-11 never happening as a result of that. I mean, we just have people focused on getting the truth to as many people as possible so that those people can actually raise an opposition to all of this stuff before it happens in the real world. And that's, I mean, ultimately what we're trying to do. Yeah. And you know what? It just occurs to me now as we talk, like it's, it requires inner stamina. Like you and I have both probably been called um, racist or whatever it is that they want to call you. And I dealt getting... with cancellation in Hollywood. I've been through all of it. It's, yeah. It just doesn't matter. These me people too. don't, their opinions don't matter. They're bad people. You no. know what I mean? And some of them are going to come out of that and realize that they need to redeem themselves in some way. And that's fine. And I'm not trying to say that they are permanently bad people. I actually hope that they realize what they've done wrong and try to make up for it. And I am more than open to forgiving people if they approach me that way. Right. But uh, I don't care what their opinions are. 
Well, that's the thing is I just, inc- I beckon for the listener to just manage the inner stamina, not unlike staying in a yoga pose or doing a workout or whatever of like that when you know who you are, you mm-hmm. can actually process the facts without, because what they've done is they've motivated emotions, both with the jab, with the politics, all of it. They've motivated emotions so that people bypass that inner stamina of, is that really true about me? Is that really what's happening? All that stuff. That's actually the the noise that is keeping people from sitting and listening to. Well, that's how you, that is how you enforce your set of beliefs on other people when you can't convince them with facts. They are using a form of power, right? And they even call it violence, which is, I mean, I don't call that violence, but under their terms, what they are doing is enacting violence against people for disagreeing with them. It shows you exactly the kind of people they are. They are cruel. They are stupid. It's not worth it. I don't care about people's opinions. The people in Hollywood still talk. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Well, no, it doesn't matter. And my motto is your denial is their protection. So anyone that is a part of a, a sociopath or a part of a sociopathic system or a part of any, any the, of this that's accomplishing this darkness, if you are not getting the facts for yourself and if you are not busting through in order to learn, you're in denial, which is their protection. Because people yeah. just walking around in denial is, is it got us here this far, you know? Well, that's all they can do because the alternative to them in their short-minded view is much, much worse. And, you know, when you believe in scientific materialism as your, uh, your motivating belief on how to go throughout life, then on some way, in some way that becomes nihilism and you just don't care. And that's where these people are. And I was there too. I get it. I know. How long were you there? I'm so curious. Like uh, in Hollywood. Yeah, well, well, when did you, were you, were you a conservative in Hollywood and keeping it to yourself no. or were you? No, 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 no. I never, I've never kept my, my beliefs to myself. Um, I was outwardly an Obama supporter. I supported Hillary Clinton because I believed the news about Donald Trump, you know? And then when Trump won, I realized that I had been steered in the wrong direction by all sorts of, you know, people and sources that I found authoritative or that I believed were authoritative. And so I made it a mission for myself to begin, you know, reading what the other side actually thought and figure out what the other side actually thought, because it turns out there's actually a lot of them. And so I took that upon myself. And I would say that uh, in the months leading up to COVID, I was moving further and further away from this. But I would say I spent most of 2017, 2018 and parts of 2019 um, going through realizing how ridiculous Me Too and Black Lives Matter were as movements and how dishonest they were in their entirety, which is not to say that people that people haven't had injustices done to them. I'm certain that's true. And I know some of the people that were making Me Too claims, but uh, the movements and what they became were always false. And so I had moved past that and the wokeness was just disgusting to me. But I would say that I was like a... Uh, that I was like a, a national review style in sur- sort of political philosophy and libertarian about most other things. And I still had some of like my Democrat social beliefs, which I still maintain on some level now, mm-hmm. you know, but we don't have to get into that. And uh, I believe all of those things far less than I used to. And I certainly understand the conservative side of all those uh, a lot better than I did before too. So. 
Well, yeah, and there, there, of course, there's nuance. Obviously, there's gray area. There's a gap. And the longer that you are researching all this stuff, the more time you have to develop um, your own awareness based on the facts, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's very interesting. Well, I will continue to be your biggest fan. And Thank I'm so you. grateful. That's very sweet. <laughs> I'm grateful to you for doing this podcast. And I, I just I think you're such a bridge between the health situation and um and the all, all of the other political things going on and i think you're also a bridge between the woo-woos and the out like spiritual out there and also just you you have a sensitivity to getting the facts um for people like that too i think well so- you know I, I thank you and i gotta i just want to add this on because i think that people don't understand this in my job, in my actual profession, my job was essentially to know people and to form at least acquaintances or relationships on some level with them. In 2015, I probably had 5,000 contacts in my phone. And then between social media and everything else, like I was in touch with literally thousands of people all the time, all the time. And they were all sorts of different people. You know, people of every race, every religion, every sexuality, all of it. And I wasn't judging them on their inherent characteristics. I was just trying to understand whether or not I liked them, whether or not I got along with them, whether or not I found them to be genuine and sincere or intelligent, you know, and I tried to surround myself with people that I had good relationships with. And, you know, over time, you realize that those relationships are not exactly what you think they are. And uh, Hollywood relationships lack certain qualities that relationships should have, like uh, trust and loyalty. <laughs> um, and so, you know, when when I ultimately lost all of those relationships because I had the audacity to say the things that the party of false decorum hated, I just found it to be a cleansing process. And I, I'm ultimately so much happier now to not have those people influencing my life anymore. You know, not having to try to say the things that they want me to say, not having to try to uh, impress them in any way. Those people don't impress me. I find them disgusting, you know, so yeah, it just is what it is. I really appreciate that. And I had a feeling that I shared experience with you because that's similar to my story. And that's why I think that um, that's why I want people to listen to you that are in that 40% because they can't write you off as like this lifelong conservative, like they write Mm. off a lot of people like. And I'm the and they same can't way. tell me I'm not uneducated, that I'm not well-read. None of these people, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn right now, but I have had so many experiences with Democrats and liberals and blah, blah, blah over the last two years, right? People that I used to align with. And they know, they know that they don't know what they're talking about. And I can expose any one of them one-on-one. It is actually really easy to do. All you have to do is ask these people any questions. And I'm not saying I have some special talent for it, though I might, because I do spend a lot more time on this than other people do. There's a skill set involved there. Fine. But just ask them questions about why they believe what they believe. And you will find out that not only do they not know anything, they don't actually believe anything either. So. I, I, I'm living proof. I mean, I will, I will say I believed things, but I did not know why. And I didn't see. Well, if you don't know that. why, then you don't really believe it, right? Well, that's true. That's true, actually. Um, 
the only reason, I mean, one of the reasons I woke up is because one of my good friends who set my, set me up with my husband was a conservative who voted for Trump. And I was willing to listen to him. It was like the whole thing happened with in 2016, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, yeah. this is a friendship I'm not going to lose. So well, we you got to understand that the difference between you and a lot of these people in Hollywood is that you valued that relationship more than you valued your membership in the party of false decorum. And that is one of the things that has been so frustrating throughout this entire time for, for me, but I'm sure for everybody. Um, and I, I've had this discussion with my own parents, by the way, and, and just as a philosophical matter, but I'm like, what we have right now is a bunch of people who find Chris Cuomo to be more trustworthy than the people closest to them in their lives. They actually think that Chris Cuomo is looking out for their best interests better than their brother or their friend or their daughter or whatever it is, right? Like people need to start trusting the people around them again. If someone who's very close to you that you've spent your life close to says you might be wrong about something, you should probably listen. I feel like I'm going to cry right now because that's exactly how I feel. And for my mom, it's Ju Judy Woodruff. And that's exactly it. It's like, and my, you know, we're, we're, I talked to my sister about this. It's like, if Judy, well, Judy, Judy Woodruff didn't say it. And I'm like, mom, I'm, my dad's passed away. I'm like, mom, I'm like made of dad. Like I'm here. I'm your <laughs> daughter. Cause you yeah. know, she misses my dad. Um, yeah, but people, so can't, it's, people can't get out of that mindset. They just can't get out of the mindset because it means that they were wrong about something very important and people aren't going to have an easy time dealing with that. And but I it's coming a, either I, way, man. Everybody's going to, everybody is going to be shown the truth and it's what happens then that matters. They will. And I can't even imagine the pain of people who, who trusted and went and got altered their body and being and their consciousness and immune system for the rest of their lives. I can't well, even hopefully imagine. They can, uh, hopefully we'll figure out that there's an antidote for that too. Yeah. You know, I, you know, when, just one last thought, but when they put COVID out there, right, you don't unleash something like that or allow it to accidentally escape. You don't do that without knowing that it can be cured, right? They knew that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine would cure it. We know that our congressmen were getting it while saying that it shouldn't be allowed for everybody else. That is evil, by the way. But you got to think the same thing's probably true about the vaccine. You know, and maybe it's true that there are good batches and bad batches. I think it's all bad. We'll find yeah. out more. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes. what you, I mean, what the spike you, protein goes through people's bodies and goes into their organs. And we know that. It's causing way too many problems to assume that there is some good vaccine out there. And oh, ultimately, oh. The, the, the whole thing's based on antibody response, which is a silly factor to judge this all on anyway. So. Anyway, but I, I don't deny the damage, but have you heard Dr. Jane Ruby's theory on the, the volunteers that signed up without co need, need for coercion might've been given a control, might've been a control group. I'm, I'm fine to believe that all of that stuff could have happened, but, and I mean, if that's not what the public's taking, then it really doesn't matter. You know, if that, that just, I said, if, if that's not what the public is taking, then it really doesn't matter. All that proves is that the pharma companies are corrupt and evil. And everybody knows that. And all the people that are denying it now actually did know that three or four years ago. And they would have no problem saying it. They were all Bernie Sanders supporters in Hollywood telling us how bad the corporations were. Turns out the corporations are really that bad. It's strange why they don't believe it anymore. I know. That's such <laughs> a good point.
Okay. I could literally talk to you for a few more hours. <laughs> this has been such a treat. I hope we can do oh, it again. You. I really appreciate sure. you joining me. Anytime. Thanks, Chris. And everybody can find you at, at oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. moderator. Well, the, the telegram, the telegram is the easiest way to follow along on a day-to-day -day basis, but who knows how long that's going to last. Truth Social will be coming out and then I'll probably be primarily there if it's as good as I think it will be. Um, but t.me slash I'm your moderator on telegram. You can find the podcast on any podcast platform by going to, uh, by just searching be reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul, super simple. And I and love how did, everything how else did you comes come from up that. with the name. Oops. I don't know. How do I come up with anything? <laughs> oh, and your, your shirts, your retail and stuff. Oh yeah. 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 Cancel couture.com. Yeah. Yeah. Or you go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Um, but yeah, be reasonable. Honestly, people are like, you're not reasonable now. And I'm like, actually, I still really, really am. You are doing Nazi stuff. And uh, me telling you how bad that is, is entirely reasonable. So, <laughs> and the, even the conspiracy theorist thing, listen to the things I said 15 months ago. I have no problem with people going back and hearing everything I've said. It's all still up. It's still there. I'm not worried about it. I've been right. I guarantee you, I am right a hundred times more often than the mainstream media. No less. <laughs> you Maybe I am way more because they say nothing right ever. So yeah, you you are. And that's why in the last I'll remind again that episode from September 28th, 2021. Anybody just waking up right now? I'm glad you found that for me. I'm gonna actually I will actually clip that and make a video out of it and put it on the telegram today. So yeah, the tea party episode. But <laughs> Amy, I gotta go. I know. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Hi, talk Greg. soon. We'll okay. Talk soon. Bye bye. Bye. We are home when we're together. I am home when I'm with you. That's a feeling that you just can't fake when you know the truth. We feel alive